Well, we have been focused over the last couple of months on this radio broadcast on the special Rosh Chodesh musical service. This is something, by the way, that's been uh, uh, discussed uh, by many of our listeners with me over the last many, many months. How incredible the musical service uh, that's based in Englewood, New Jersey each and every month is and how many people in the hundreds come to... um, Uh, to really enhance the Rosh Chodesh and have a very meaningful spiritual experience. And then, many of you may recall, that that uh, Rosh Chodesh musical uh, inspirational service got a tremendous amount of publicity because for Rosh Chodesh Kislev, it moved to Washington, D.C., literally the morning of the major rally in Washington. Uh, The group was uh, at the White House uh, probably a thousand or more people, frankly, plenty of uh, representation from all walks of Jewish life and from so many geographic areas who converged on Washington for the big rally. And that took place on the on Rosh Chodesh on that uh, day down in Washington, D.C. And then uh, last month for Rosh Chodesh Teves, it was back in Englewood in an indoor uh, synagogue at Avas Torah with a fantastic crowd that we spoke about here uh, on the air Um during that uh, period of time. And then, and then this whole Rosh Chodesh service became even more high profile uh, because Mr. Nader Balor and Dr. Joe Rosazada were on the air with us and revealed to this audience uh, that this uh, Rosh Chodesh service is moving 6,000 miles east, ideally on the Gaza border, but spiritually speaking and practically speaking in the city of Nitivot, Israel which is right near Gaza, and it is there in Nitivot that this coming Thursday uh, there's going to be a beautiful, musical, inspirational Hallel service that I'm assuming is going to attract a very large number of people from all over Israel, and who knows, maybe from the United States as well. In our studio here in Teaneck, New Jersey, is Mr. Nader Balor. It is a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Good morning, Macham. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Are you heading to Israel? Yes, Bezrat Hashem tonight. And um, how does it look? How does the uh, how are the preparations for Thursday going? Uh, thank God, uh, with Hashem's help, I've had many partners who've pulled in uh, their help through in many different ways, and it looks amazing. It looks incredible. Whoever I speak to, they uh, are telling me they're coming. People are fighting about picking me up at the airport. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you something. When we originally announced this, um, I I think it was an automatic that there were hundreds of people coming. But I don't think you realize, unless I'm miscalculating, I don't think you realize just how attractive this is going to be to people all over Israel. Maybe even some from the United States who are going to be going with you uh, to be there on Thursday. Uh, to join you there. But for the people of Israel, this is going to be very, very significant uh, with everything that we are hearing from Israel and the uh, and the uh, the difficulties, the challenges, the, uh, the, the inspiration, the chesed, the unity. Put all of that together and everybody's going to want to be there at 6 a.m. in the Tivot this coming Thursday morning. Yeah, it's, it's challenging to go through these times and to really feel the pain and the heartache that we're going through and everybody wants to get out of it. You know, we're sick of mourning. We're saddened by everything. And, you know, I think davening is definitely a way to get out of the norm, to connect to Hashem in a more powerful way, more meaningful way. 
and uh, yeah, because of it, hopefully a lot of people will come. I mean, I hope it wasn't because of the circumstances that people would be drawn to it, but seems like it is. Yeah, no question about it. Circumstances have really dictated a lot of what's been happening over the last couple of months. Uh, Dr. Joe Rosazada is with us live via telephone. Joe, are you there? Yes, good morning. Good morning, Nader. Good morning, Nahum. Good morning. Um, now, yeah, now, it's... now, Joe, before you say anything, Joe, Joe has an excuse why he's not in our studio this morning with us, and it's an excuse that you can appreciate. <laughs> He insists, as I assume you do as well, to daven, to pray at Nate's with sunrise. For those not familiar, you literally begin the Shemona Esrei, the most important part of our tefillah, at sunrise. And sunrise is very late, relatively speaking, this morning. Uh, Joe, what's the official statistic? 720, was that it? 720, exactly. So some might think it's not a big deal, but there are times of the year when it's much earlier, right? <laughs> yeah, we get to uh, 524 a.m. in so, mid-June. So my, the people might think that this time of year it's a joke. There are if Those who are committed to it, they're doing this even when it's two hours earlier than now. So Joe, obviously, Davin Vatikin and uh, just walked out of shul. And that's the reason he's not joining us here this morning. What is, I'll ask Joe in a moment, because I know he has a perspective on this. Explain to the audience, explain to all of us. And very often, by the way, I'm at a minion that's, that Davin's way earlier than Nate's, frankly. Minyanim that started 6 a.m. right now, they're challenged to put on tefillin at the right time. Forget about Nate's, which is much later, obviously. Sunrise is much later now. It's 7.20 in this area. What is the importance? At what point in your life did you realize or who inspired you to understand that davening at sunrise is such a key element to our services? So it was around 18 years ago, and I was going through some uh, issues in life. I grew up religious, always praying, and my rabbi pulled me over and said to me, I think starting tomorrow you should pray sunrise. Now, what was very interesting is that he himself wasn't praying sunrise, so he told me every day except Shabbat, you can take rest, start praying sunrise. So I did it the first few days, it was really difficult, and I asked him, Rabbi, it's really hard, please he said, no, I think it's very important for you to continue. After a few months, he told me, I think Shabbat, you should start. There wasn't a minion close to me, so he said, it's better to pray sunrise at home wow. without a minion. And then if you can, go to shul afterwards, hear the... Torah the, reading, Kedusha, so, Exactly. So I did that, and I felt, you know, I felt much more connected in life. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, dry praying anymore, you know, Had more it, 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 it didn't feel like I was yet fulfilling another obligation, but aspiring to pray at a time of divine favor. And I felt that, you know, I was born again, quite frankly, I felt everything that I'm doing, I'm adding to my life. It wasn't my school, my community, my shul telling me to pray but it was the almighty schedule that was important, not even mine. You know, I used to go to work early, but you know, at a certain time I used to study a little bit, but now everything changed. And I just felt that I'm completely being controlled by Hashem and I'm 
on his schedule. You're on God's schedule. I never thought of that perspective yeah. before. And now, what's the situation today? Is it six days a week, seven days a week? What's the no, situation? So for the past uh, 17 and a half to almost 18 years, it's every single day. That means Including Shabbat? Shabbat. But now we have it for the past seven years, we've had a minion on Shabbat. So. Well, that means sometimes your Shabbat minion is beginning at 4.45 in the morning. Exactly. I mean, who, who's responsible to wake everybody up? I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm only responsible for myself. So. <laughs> the nine others get there somehow. But it's more than nine. We, at, we get an average of about 25 people now. How many did you have this morning? This morning we had 13. So when it gets so late, we right. get less people. Because, right. because people have responsibilities sure. to work, of course. Understood. So this is amazing. You're, you've started a movement. You're not just starting it's a personal journey. Hashem started, started it, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it, but you, <laughs> but you hopped aboard. <laughs> yeah, so it's 18 years every day. I plan schedule on my flights around, uh, you know, nets. In I, every city. Every city I fly. Uh, when I'm flying, I have the app tells me the exact time i look at this the outside and to again, be able to then sunrise alone will will trump trying to get to a minyan for sunrise right or yes that, that's still the case right yes uh nader Belor is in our studio dr joe rosizada is on our phone joe how is it that nader gets out of waking everybody else up it seems from what i know about you and your crew uh you're always responsible for making sure everybody's at the nates minyan Another has a lot more zechut than me, you know. Like, <laughs> uh, it's not the easiest thing, although this time of year it is a little easier. But Joe, give us your perspective. Why Nates? Why Sunrise? Why why lead this movement? Believe it or not, like I, you know, like I always you know thought about it, wanted to do it, and then like really like with Nader's, I'm telling you, Nader inspired me to do it. It was really a lot. I give a lot of credit to him because. When I, you know, sometimes I even like, you know, like saw like what he did and I felt like, oh my gosh, this is so nice, so beautiful. You know, like I always tell people like, you know, if there was a, if I, at 720 or whatever it is, 545, whatever the time it is for Nate, if, I, you know, said someone said to you, I give you a million dollars, but you got to be the first 10 there. <laughs> are you going to get up? You're going to get up. Oh, now, yeah. Homer, Hashem's giving you your whole body and your whole, your whole perspective. So when I say that, people like get it and, and help me out. So it's a good it's a good way of, of Baruch Hashem getting a minion in West Orange, which is not easy. Trust me, it's not easy. But Baruch Hashem, I have not missed one since we started, which was like right before COVID. And frankly, there so, may be people listening right now who in that area who you know we're not even aware of this Nate's minion who want to hop aboard. Uh, so then this turned into something different because you wanted to, separate from the sunrise issue, you wanted to make Rosh Chodesh something extra special for everybody, right? Yeah. And that means making these servers as inspiring as possible. I'm thrilled that you included music with it. I'm sure not everybody's always comfortable with that. We never really have instruments in shul and things like that, but that's a step, right, to make things even more meaningful for people, which is really nice. And and that was going on for how long? You were doing this in Englewood with the music and with the hundreds of people. How, how long? We started it right in the middle of uh, COVID. Oh. So, so a year yeah, or we, two. Yeah, we, uh, we couldn't, no, two and a, about two and a half years oh, nice. ago. Um, you know, the shoes were shut down. Oh, so you went outdoors. And we were kind of a little bit of uh, right. part of the anti-establishment. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh. so we, we started in someone's house, this part, this minion, and, you know, we, we had 150 guys come and... 
Everyone was relaxed. Nobody was nervous. Everybody had a lot of time. And is so, it always a different performer, or or you've had many repeats? No, not many repeats, but there's always a chidush. There's always a new kind of a, a creative uh, a gentleman right. who does it, or a band. Right. So what Halo is really is an expression of our joy and praise for all the gifts that and blessings that has Shem has uh, shared upon us. So when you do Halal on Rosh Chodesh, again, it changes things and it's not obligatory to say even the Halal on Rosh Chodesh, believe it or not. That's why the Sephardim, we actually don't say the bracha of Halal. On a regular Rosh Chodesh? On there. a regular. The front and back. The, the yeah, we don't, we don't say it because according to everybody, it was a minhag that became halacha by Kalal Israel, but it was never established. So now we... The, Klal Israel loved saying thank you and praising Hashem so much that they made it into an actual halacha. And when you say hello right after Nets, which is the first opportunity again to give this once a month thank you to Hashem, again you're showing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I love you so much Hashem, I can't wait to thank you. The first opportunity that I get to say hello, I'm here doing it. Then when you mix music with it, when you mix dancing with it, it absolutely elevates yeah. the spiritual aspect. You know, music has the ability to change the reality of what exists in life. And it touched because see, it touches see, the soul. We see what it's doing for the soldiers. It's exactly. You see all the uplifting videos are the dancing. You know, the Rav Nachman of Breslev says, when you, when you clap and when you dance, when you daven, you change your mazal, you change your luck. So that's what we're doing. We're creating a new positive reality that we missed a few minutes earlier in our lives. And that continues, that lingers on through the day. The Ariya Kadosh says it so beautifully. He says the people who pray Vatikin, who pray Nets, they control the day. They don't allow the day to control them because they made Hashem. Their priority now, Hashem gives back and makes them their priority. Wow. Nadar Balor is here. Dr. Joe Rosazada is on our phone. Um, so then you moved, you had this idea. And I know this, by the way, from, from, from our friend Joe, who's on the phone. When he has an idea, it's going to get done no matter what. <laughs> You're not going to take no for an answer. You had an idea. For some reason, Hashem made things. Nothing's a coincidence that the Washington rally would be on a Rosh Chodesh morning. Anybody who would have thought of that in advance, Torah reading is difficult, people are on a, are on a bus all day, right? It's, a, it's winter, people are on a bus all day, it's going to be hard to get the Torah reading in. Uh, certainly Rosh Chodesh davening, you know, you, you would want it to be in a more appropriate atmosphere than, than on the road, so to speak. So anybody who would have thought of this in advance and had a choice, I assume that people who organized the rally had no choice, it had to be that Tuesday, would have thought twice before making it a Rosh Chodesh morning. You went ahead and said it's Rosh Chodesh, it is the reality of what it is, let's make the most of it. Is it hard to arrange to daven next to the White House or not? So actually, I'm not the sole person who made it happen. There were a lot of different people. It was an idea created by Rabbi Shmuel Halsford from uh, D.C. And, you know, I've had partners throughout the past three years with Rosh Chodesh who always helped me with the finances, with the organization, with bringing the music, who are so humble, who never want to be mentioned. Wow. 
And, you know, it's the inspiration that the rabbi kicked into me, injected into my soul 18 years ago to make everything about Rosh Chodesh uh, and Nets and happiness. And really, I have to give it up for my wife because she's the major driving force behind uh, not just the Nets davening that I do. She gets half the credit, if not more. <laughs> Even the Washington one. And but she pushed as soon as she heard about the idea, she said, "Yes, this is it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it." She's always uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, the backbone. Where of my, is she from originally? You're part of the world. Uh, she her parents are Iranian. She was born in Queens, and uh, she grew up. She went to the University of Delaware. Um, wasn't religious, and on a on a trip to Israel, just. It took her about two, three minutes to fall in love with uh, Judaism and become religious, thank God. So Amazing. So um, so this idea starts to kick in. You have co- cooperation from the D.C. rabbi and others, as you said, who remain anonymous. And all of a sudden, there's now a service being planned for that Tuesday Rosh Chodesh right next to the White House. Uh, total number of people? Was it over 1,000? Do we know? I mean, I'm sure they came from everywhere, right? Once people heard about this, I, it was astounding to me how attractive this was to people, that they're ready to go the night before or go very early in the morning and be next to the White House for Rosh Chodesh Tefillah. It's pretty remarkable. How many people do you think were there? I don't know. You know, the first time I turned around, it was sometime at, around Musaf because I was the Chazan for Shachrit and facing head. And, and did it, it look endless to you? It When I turned back i was like i can't I can't actually <laughs> believe it so it really and it was to the left and to the right it was just full it definitely felt more than a thousand yeah and we should note every one of your tefillot for Rosh Chodesh includes birkat koanim and i'm talking about the real birkat koanim correct there's all birkat koanims are true so. <laughs> well you know what i mean uh, you know what i'm saying you know birkat koanim where the koanim See, actually go and and, and physically <laughs> Bless the people, and that happens twice on Rosh Chodesh. Yes, you yeah. see, Nachum, what what the reality of nets is praying nets. There's no divisions. There's no Sephardi. There's no Ashkenaz. And on an everyday basis, for example, our minion, there's today. maybe out of the thirteen that were there today, there was four Ashkenazim and the rest Sephardim. The rabbi of our minion is actually Ashkenazi. So there's no nobody cares. Wow. You know, you just come, you focus, you have a purpose to serve God. You don't care if the guy next to you is, you know, it's religious, like the, not religious. Ex- co- excuse the comparison. It's like being near Harabite at the Kotel, where nobody cares where anybody's from and, and what their background is. They daven together and that's it. Yeah. And they appreciate that. Right. Hey, Joe, did you welcome any Ashkenazim this morning? <laughs> Absolutely. Baruch Hashem. Just checking, the guy just checking on you. <laughs> There's somebody actually from Teaneck that comes because he works around here, so he uh, he comes here because he can't make the minion there, so to make back to work at eight o'clock, eight thirty, whatever it is. So so yeah, Baruch Hashem, we do. We have also we're the same way. Um, doesn't matter, you know, Baruch Hashem. Any chance you're going to be in the Tivo Thursday, or you haven't made a final decision yet? I, I, believe me, I still there's a, there's a still ten fifteen percent chance that I will go, but. It does not look so good today, but uh, let's see. Maybe by the afternoon. You never know by me. When, when Joe says it's not happening, usually it is happening, so we'll see what happens. All right, so now you have this idea. Ideally, you want it to be 
in Gaza, literally with the soldiers and having this extra special tefillah. That's not that's not as practical as what you are doing. But you're going to be very close. You're going to be in the Tivot, a city of miracles, a city of tremendous inspiration and spirituality. Rabbanim from the area in the Tivot are encouraging you. You're you're sort of partnering with them to do this, correct? Yeah, the major rabbi hits uh, his establishment that we're praying in, and uh, his name and is you Rabbi Abigail. Right, and you told me there's enough space. Because I still think that you're going to be overrun with people. I could be wrong. Maybe people don't want to travel to that area. But I would have to assume, what have you heard in the last few days? Have people been going, have people yeah, been I, making I, commitments? Um, I I heard it's more like 700 to 1,000 people coming. So up. there it is. Yeah. So, so the predictions are true. And everybody wants to be part of it. And you did mention that you do have a musical person already in place. Some, yes. And yes. that is? Uh, his name is Yehuda Malki. Who you said is performing all over Israel. Uh, all over the South. I think he's quite famous in the weddings and, you know, there's a four-piece band with it. Oh, nice. Saxophones. It's going to be a lot of fun. Right. And it's, you know, it's nice to introduce it into different areas. When I mentioned it to the rabbi, he said, yeah, but we don't we don't have music in right. shul. So I explained, you know, in the Beit HaMikdash, we had music. What's wrong with it? We need it. We need to elevate ourselves. This is a way to get to the soul of the people and the rabbi didn't put up a fight. And well, that's he. I assume he just wanted to be sure that it was being done in a positive way, not God forbid, you know, in a in a silly way, so to speak. He 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 appreciated what you told him that this is going to be spiritually uplifting having the music there. Exactly, and I think you know people, the rabbanim and the leaders of the Jewish community are opening up to to understanding that this needs. You know, we need to make Judaism more fun. We need to make it more spiritual rather than just routine every day and not dry. And by the way, we should mention, Washington was open to men and women. Englewood's open to men and women. I assume in a Tivot, if women want to come, there'll be a place for them. It's a, it's a shul after all. Yeah, so my a- wife and daughter are coming. Oh, so. so there you go. Baruch Hashem. I made so, sure that this... <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is literally inviting for everybody. And uh, for those of us, for the people who won't be there, I think it's important that we know what's going on. Number one, the Nate's aspect, the sunrise thing, which I, again, can't thank you enough for bringing this to our attention. Even at my age, I don't always remember and appreciate how important it is for people to daven, you know, not just early in the morning but at the first uh, acceptable time as you would say to the one above so that's very important the Hallel piece is uh, pretty remarkable that uh, at the first opportunity as you say on Rosh Chodesh morning uh, Hallel be said with a, with great intensity and with wonderful concentration with tremendous gratitude we have so much to thank him for so much gratitude to the one above absolutely that's what Hallel is all about and then you insist and I assume it's like this every time you insist on a Rosh Chodesh meal correct yes that's the only way to do it is so, to have a festive meal yeah yeah, because the hamotzi that you say on Rosh Chodesh is really another extension of the tefillah. Because yeah. if you remember the Birkat Amazon, the only it's the only prayer that is really uh, so important. Right. So you you're really the making the exactly. So you're really you know sandwiching the tefillah between the learning a little bit learning before. We usually have a siyum. I'm going to do the siyum this wow. this month myself on Baba Kama. I'm not sure mazal if I'm going to thank you. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it at the meal. Wait, Mabruk or Mazal Tov? Which one? Both. Either good. one is fine? <laughs> Joe, did I do that right? Are both acceptable? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he taught but, me Mabruk. But, but, in Pers- but in Persian is Mubarak. So please, make sure you get that right. Really? 
<laughs> I'll never get all the pronunciations correct, but at least I have an advisor who's helping me on these things. So you're going to make the seum. There'll be a festive meal. And by the way, Joe, I think until this point that that was the only part of this I was always mocked on was the festive meal. The <laughs> <laughs> the hollow, I really have to work on. But when it came to the festive but meal, I, wait, wait! But you forgot the most, another most important, the birkat kohen and the duchening. I, I mentioned it. I mentioned it. And frankly, when I, when I'm in Israel, when I and, and nothing against the way our tradition went in this direction, especially in the Ashkenazi community, <laughs> but when I am in Israel. And I get, first, I'm a levy, so I get the opportunity to watch the condom's hands. I feel like I'm involved in, in even yes. more of a greater way. Um, but when I'm in Israel and I get the opportunity to actually be part of a service that includes the condom actually blessing us the way they do, which we're used to here only on the Chagim, it, it's just wonderful. It's, it's, it's just, you know, it, it's more of an uplifting experience. I mean, in general, davening in Israel is more uplifting, but of course, that's a very important added component. So, yeah, so if you daven net, you're actually bringing a piece of Yerushalayim into your life every morning. Wow. Nets is not, is not restricted by location. It's a state of mind. So when you dive in Nets, you automatically get transferred at being at the Kotel. Wow. And it also feels like, even though the time zones are different, it sort of feels like you're also joining in with everybody else around the world who's Makhbid. To again, it's happening at different times, but you're all in that mindset, so to speak, as you just described. You you absolutely are, and what else you're doing is actually you're you're bringing down the shechina, so you're responsible for all the people who pray after you, and you get a part of the share of the zechut of all the people who daven after you, because you're the one who's responsible for cool creating the world and bringing light after darkness of the light. Well, big responsibility. I Frank, love it. It's great. Um, and you know why Joe's uh, careful to mention Birchaz Kohanim? Because he's a Kohen. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> right, Dr. Rosazada? Absolutely. Absolutely. Kohen Nader? No. Levy? No. Yisrael? Just a regular simple. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. The old simple Jew root is how you're going. All right, so there you have it. Any details to give? Because you know that a lot of people in this audience either are in Israel or know a lot of people that are in Israel. Anything about Thursday they should know? Just show up. Like what, Show what do you up, wanna, and if you want to make sure you have an actual seat, try to be there by 6. And do we have a name of a synagogue? Like Where do people go? What do they What do they put in ways to get oh, down I, there? I have the address on the flyer, okay. so I'll just... I'll so they you. contact yeah. us later. Okay, so... so so we'll, we'll circulate that to anybody who wants information. And again, it starts at 6 a.m. Israel time, 11 p.m. Eastern time, 6 a.m. Israel time. This coming Thursday on Rosh Chodesh. That wouldn't be a bad idea, by the way, if somebody would FaceTime in people around the world during Hallel. It would be about midnight here. Wouldn't be the craziest idea, but one step at a time. I mean, not there, please, Next one time. step at a time. Let's, uh, this, this is already starting no, to In D.C., we had live streaming, actually. People tuned in that way. Yeah, a lot of people tuned in. Yeah, but with, I didn't think about it because it was a time zone. Now, but. Yeah, of course. No, I mean the whole thing is remarkable. We're uniting people around the world like this. Uh, Joe, anything else you want to add before we get to the next topic? Anything about Nitivot? As I said last time, I saw um, the town is holy of holies. I'm telling you, the as I said about the terrorists that not didn't go in there, 
Uh, the Baba Sally's gravy is there. You know, Baba Sally's yurt site is Dalit Shavit. I saw this. Dalit Shavit. I saw so this. In, uh, it was in the newspaper this week. I said, and I wanted to bring it up. You have I'm glad no you idea. brought up his you have yurt no idea. site. The whole town. Is, is Sunday night, yeah. right? Sunday night is yurt site? Yes. The whole town, the whole town is, is like transfers to like because so many people come there and they actually repaved the, the roads of this year. They've done a lot more just to make it more attractive and more people coming because they expect a lot more this year. And uh, and I'm telling you, it's it's unbelievable to be there on Rosh Chodesh Shvat where, again, Baba Sahli's Haskara is, is four days later. And it's and I'm telling you, I'm so jealous. And I really, I'm going to try my hardest because every time I talk, I, I say, I got to go, I got to go. Jealous? You'll be, so, on, you'll be on a plane, exactly. trust me. I know you well enough. God knows how many people are going to take with you, frankly. Um, also, also, there's many people are familiar with this. A lot of people are not familiar with this. Years ago, we did spend time educating the community. There's something called Shovavim Tat. Shovavim Tat is a special uh, time of year, starting with Shmos, literally the initials of each parsha, Shmos, Va'era, Bo, B'Shalach, etc., all the way through Truma Tetzave, is known as Shovavim Tat. And it's this time of year, because of the downtime with no holidays and, and limited spiritual experiences, one might add, I'm assuming that that's the case. I don't want to think, I don't want to make believe I'm a rabbi, but I'm assuming that's the case. This was implemented and is, uh, and, is, and, and, and is followed by many in terms of a time of spiritual uplifting. And that includes special tefillot every Thursday. I, I know guys, by the way, who fly from, from the United States to Yerushalayim to be in Yerushalayim the first Thursday of Shovavim. So that would be this past Thursday. Every Thursday, a special tefillot that are said, um, similar to Yom Kippur Kutten type things, etc., etc., etc. Again, details, ask your local rabbi. Anyway, during Shovavim now, you, you are part of an effort, I think it's accurate to say that, part of an effort to encourage people, especially the Yeshiva Bakram in our community, to, um, to, to move away from smartphones and limit their screen time because we know the dangers god forbid that can, that occur that can occur spiritually uh when people spend too much time on, on smartphones and don't resort to flip phones etc etc so there's an organized effort now for people to actually for young people to actually make a commitment at shovim.org right that's the website right there's a rabbi who <clears throat> started this initiative about three years ago and he asked me if i could help his name is uh, Rabbi Gadal Yasadon, and uh, he was part of one of the yeshivas uh, that catered to the American boys. And he, he decided, you know, why don't I start getting them to protect their eyes, watch what they uh, what they're watching, what they're watching. And he was successful, and he, you know, he made it always a creative. Um, party atmosphere Shabbaton of some kind taking them away to Mount Hermon maybe or something so 20-30 kids would end up getting there because they they, they managed to protect their eyes for this uh, six week period and you know it was all based on trust so this year he wanted to really extend this idea and uh, he did it in a much more of an organized structured fashion and he's got a thousand kids thousand boys this is all in israel or here oh, as well in israel and <clears throat> a few different small communities here wow thousand boys and he's giving it you know raffles every week of about a thousand dollars actual prizes actual prizes and then the big uh, big event is going to come in eight weeks well seven weeks from now 
Uh, he's going to do a whole thing at the American Mall. At the here? Here. Uh, because all the kids, they're going to be here for Pesach. So he's going to do a huge party there for them, uh, donated by the Karmazian family. And uh, maybe a Shabbaton at someone's uh, residence, you know, for the ones who really, really are going to be even committed for extending that period of time that they're going to protect. Ah, so they're going to do this six weeks challenge, and then Cholamoid Pesach, they're going to have this big celebration? Just before Pesach. Right, before Pesach, okay. Uh, To partake in the Guard Your Eyes Shovavim 50-Day Challenge, go to shovavim.org, S-H-O-V-A-V-I-M.org. Read the guidelines, sign up. There are prizes available, no joke. Uh, And in addition to that, as another Belor just mentioned, before Pesach, there's going to be a gathering at the American Dream Mall, courtesy of the Germazian family, who are going to recognize the accomplishment of these young men uh, to, who um, limited or eliminated their uh, screen time on smartphones and devices. Uh, and there'll be a big celebration, I guess, a day for them to have some fun yes. at the American Dream Mall. Because from what I hear, um, I'm a little older than the group that they that they attract over there. From what I hear, the American Dream Mall is, in fact, a very fun environment for people of a certain age. Yeah, I'm now, with you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm older. Too. I wouldn't be able to do any of that stuff. But, Joe, have you been taking advantage of all the great attractions at the American Dream Mall? I think my kids have done more than me, but... but Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a great thing to have. Do you want to add anything on the show of him effort or we've said it all? But the only thing I want to add is really, you know, like I cannot just dis- be dismissed. Like, you know, Rabbi Solomon, the Mashiach of Lakewood, oh, yeah. was very, very, very into the technology and k- taking your phones away and trying to like, you know, from get away from the iPhone. And, and he was such a big powerhouse. And I know he had this big whole thing at the Mets stadium. He did a right. lot, a lot of different things for it. And, you know, unfortunately he passed away last week. So, you know, everything just, I, I guess in a way comes together, but I, I do want to say, you know, that we, you know, he was a big giant in, 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 in making sure that the kids were not on their iPhone as much as possible. Joe, one other thing I wanted to say, we said this Friday, and I I like to put things in two, three sentences because there are a lot of people out there who just don't know some of the people that we discuss on the air. Rabbi Tisheo Solomon, who you were very close with, I I think we could say that with all the efforts that are Baruch Hashem sincerely made by Jewish leaders and Torah leaders uh, to to have an effect, a positive effect on all areas of our community – he really did it. He did it in a way that attracted people of all backgrounds uh, with tremendous love and sincerity. And I, and I think nobody knows this better than you. So I think he needs to be recognized not just for his great Torah scholarship and his leadership in Lakewood, but really his leadership around the entire Torah world. It's so true. You have no, I mean, like the, when you met him and you saw him, like he, he like, he really draw you down. Like he was like a father figure for yeah. every single person. 100%. Like he cared for every single yid, no matter what background, no matter what it was. He, I think it was the Meshkiach of the world, not just yeah. the Meshkiach of Lakewood. I really believe that. And everyone felt that way, which is, uh, you know, and, and when that happens, there's something extra special about someone like that. And uh, he will certainly be missed. And it was always a pleasure to see him at your smachot and to uh, share the experiences yeah. that your family had with him. 
uh, Baruch yes, Hashem, yes. You, uh, you, you tend to uh, be attracted to some uh, really important and uh, meaningful people in our community, Baruch Hashem. Thank you, thank you, Baruch uh, Hashem. Have a, have a wonderful trip, Joe. We'll speak to you when you get back from Israel. Davin for me, please, Davin, that I could go, please. Uh, uh, you'll be there, please, God. Uh, Nader Balor, big yeshikach to you. Thank you very much. We're all jealous because in all seriousness, um, we'd all love to be there on Thursday morning. And I know everyone's saying, well, just go and say, okay, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, but there'll be a lot of people there to greet you and to participate in the special Rosh Chodesh service. And uh, who knows? Who knows what the next idea is? Washington, Nitivot with the soldiers. There will be soldiers there. Yes, yes. Nitivot definitely. with the soldiers. Yeah, there's a few units. Coming. And what a week. What a week as we continue to hear the news from Israel to show love and support for our soldiers. Yep. What a week. I, I never dreamt that so many of us would know so many people or, or know so many relatives and friends of those who have fallen in this war. Talk about it hitting close to home. Um, so what a week to give to Chizuk to our soldiers in Israel. And I, I bless you that you do exactly that. That Thank you you, you, you not only get inspiration and all the hundreds and maybe over a thousand people get the inspiration, but our soldiers who are fighting with such tremendous resolve and they really do feel that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is with them every step of the way, and we know he is, but they're feeling it. You can see with what the resolve that they're fighting with, you can see how they, how much they care and love the Jewish people and the one above, and uh, you should just be able to add to that spirit Amen. and inspiration for Amen. our soldiers. Thank you very much. Thank you for your heartfelt uh, tefillot. Thank you. Kavod. Thank you very much. And now that you've revealed that the Gormazian family is uh, behind some of these initiatives, everyone should go to the American Dream Mall. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> If someone wants to go shopping, that's where they should be heading. Nisiatova. Thank you very much. And thank, thank you, you for stopping by this morning. Nadar Balor in studio, a very special Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM.